there, and welcome to the first episode of Furry Explained. My name is Finn, and Furry Explained is my new show about furries and their culture. The idea behind this show is to cover everything there possibly is about the furry fandom and its members. This includes common topics to help prospective and new members out, as well as smaller, more specific things that even seasoned furries might not know a lot about. But I wanted to start with the most fundamental question that will basically be the foundation for the rest of the episodes we do on here. What exactly is a furry anyway? Now, if you go around and ask 100 different people that question, you'll probably get about 100 different answers back, with some that'll be more, let's call it, accurate than others. That's where we come in. The goal of this episode, much like the show in general, is to give a detailed, accurate breakdown of what the furry fandom really is and what being a member of it actually entails. With all that being said, however, before we begin, I do want to mention to you that you do not have to be a furry to enjoy this show, nor does listening to this show somehow magically make you one either. In fact, my intent with this show is to have the audience be as wide and diverse as possible, allowing the show to be more of a source of information and education for those who are interested in the furry fandom. But none of that can really happen without figuring out what a furry is in the first place and how one might go about joining the fandom if they're interested. I'm excited to get into it, so hey, let's get into it. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. All right, so the first question we'll be starting with is what a furry is, and I think you'd be surprised at how simple the answer really is. A person who refers to themselves as a furry is someone who has a general interest in the idea of anthropomorphic animals behaving in a human-like manner. And that's really it. That's all there is to it. Furries don't think they're actually a different animal species trapped inside a human body. They don't have any heightened relationships with animals like they would with humans. That's like actually disgusting. And even though the fandom is very sex positive, being a furry doesn't mean you like to do the nasty in an animal costume, right? It just means that you like the idea of animals acting as humans do. People who call themselves furries are also considered to be part of the furry fandom, and I think the word fandom is important here, as it's not just some unorganized assortment of people who are interested in anthropomorphic animals, it's a lot more concrete than that. In fact, let's talk about fandoms for a bit, as it'll give a little bit more background and understanding behind the idea of the furry fandom. A traditional fandom is defined as a subculture of fans who feel camaraderie and empathy towards one another who share a common interest. These are people who aren't just casually into things. Often members of a fandom are interested in even the tiniest details of a certain topic and will spend a lot of time engaged with that topic as well. Members of a fandom also actively socialize with other people who share that same passion for a particular subject. Those two things, as I see it anyway, are all that's required to be a part of a fandom, which means you may be part of one and not even realize it. You may be one yourself, but you know those people who are really into things like shoes or watches, but like really into them? Or like those people who could see a car whiz down the street and tell you the make, model, year, what type of engine it has, and all that just from a quick glance? If they spend a lot of time and effort researching that subject and talk to other people who are just as interested in those subjects as they are, they could be considered of a part of that topic's fandom. Now, some fandoms are bigger than others, and the larger ones will have events in places where people who are also a part of that fandom can meet each other. If a fandom is large enough, this can culminate in large gatherings called conventions, where a large group of people meet in a space designed for large groups to participate in panels, discussions, games, and just interact with each other. And these have been around for a while. 
The earliest fandom dates back to the late 1800s, where groups of people gathered to talk about their theories and ideas about the stories of Sherlock Holmes. And a number of fandoms have only grown ever since, with some centering around topics as broad as anime, the Japanese animated style of television shows, to more specific factions featuring other fictional characters such as Star Trek or Harry Potter. And the furry fandom is just another example of that. They're a group of people who spend time in and communicate with each other about the topic of furry. And just like how the Star Trek fandom members are referred to as Trekkies, members of the furry fandom are called furries. And there you go, now you know. Now I mentioned it briefly earlier, but the central topic that encompasses the furry fandom is the general idea of anthropomorphizing animals to do human-like things. The definition on Wikipedia actually does a pretty good job at describing it, but don't worry, I read the entire article about it so you don't have to. According to the Free Encyclopedia, the furry fandom is a subculture interested in anthropomorphic animal characters with human personalities and traits. And okay, yeah, that's a good technical definition, but in more basic terms, furries are just interested in the idea of animals behaving like humans, such as having human-level intelligence, facial expressions, speaking, walking on two legs, wearing clothes, the list goes on. The example I usually like to give is something like Bugs Bunny, the anthropomorphic rabbit from Looney Tunes, who walks on his hind two legs and speaks in a way that humans can understand with human-level intelligence. This whole concept of animals acting like humans is exactly what furries are interested in. Now on the surface, that might sound pretty weird, because let's be honest with ourselves here, it kind of is. But I'm willing to bet that you've exhibited some form of anthropomorphization to things in your daily life already as well. Think about it, if you've had a pet or interacted with a domesticated animal, you may have been elated to find that animal smile at you or feel bad when it looks like the animal is frowning. That right there, that's an example of anthropomorphization. Animals don't really smile or frown. Those are human expressions tied to human emotions that we are projecting onto non-human living things. But we do this with inanimate objects as well. People give their cars human names all the time, and it's common to refer to boats or other water-based vessels with this she pronoun. And if you're into sports, a vast majority of team mascots are those of animals usually depicted playing a sport that only humans can do. In fact, humans have been doing this sort of things for generations. Examples such as the Egyptian gods and hieroglyphs show that the idea of giving animals human qualities even predates ancient empires. These are all examples of animal anthropomorphization and members of the furry fandom take a particular interest in that concept as a whole. If it was up to me, it would be more accurate to call this fandom the Anthro-Fandom, or the Fandom of Anthropomorphic Animals, but those are way too much of a mouthful, so it makes more sense to use the furry fandom for short. Now, even though this may be your first time you've heard of it, the furry fandom has actually been around for a relatively long time. Most concur that the first people who started connecting over the interests of anthropomorphic animals began as early as the mid-1960s, with the term furry fandom being coined in the early 1980s. People started to gather at science fiction conventions to have their own group discussions until eventually, the subgenre grew large enough to support its own separate meetups and eventually its own convention. This was followed by an expansive growth in the 90s, mainly due to the internet being more publicly available. This allowed people from around the world to meet virtually and discuss the ideas around human-like animals. This continued to snowball into what the fandom is today, with now millions of furries, myself included, scurrying around in all parts of the world. These members of the fandom have a wide range of interest levels, from having an interest in movies with talking animals, to those who have dedicated their entire livelihood and income to the fandom. The chances are you've likely encountered a furry and didn't even know it. There's a running joke in the fandom that furries run the internet, as many are in the tech and IT fields. But you can find furries in almost every industry out there, 
There's furry lawyers, furry doctors, furry engineers, furry chefs. You, you get the point. Furries are everywhere. Furries also tend to be very visually expressive. One of the most common activities that members of the fandom do is to create different types of art. From traditional drawings and paintings to physical creations like stuffed plushies to full-on animal costumes, the fandom is full of extremely talented artists who create visual representations of animals with human attributes. But that's not all furries do. Furries do things like act, dance, write stories, create comics, sing and play instruments, play video games casually, and even professionally. You'll find furries doing pretty much anything as a way to express themselves and their interest in anthro-animals. Some furries make an anthropomorphic character for themselves and use it as a way to be more comfortable interacting with people inside the fandom. Some use the fandom as a chance to temporarily escape from reality. But everyone engaging with the fandom does it to enjoy themselves and have some fun. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good general breakdown of what a furry is and what the furry fandom is all about from a high level. I wanted to make sure this first episode of Furry Explained was on it since the rest of the episodes will be diving into some of the more specific things about the fandom that probably wouldn't make a lot of sense on their own. But we're not done quite yet. Now that you know what a furry is, let's say, hypothetically, that now you're interested to join the fandom but don't know where to really begin. Let's take a quick break and when we come back, we'll go over some things that you or anyone can do to get started in the furry fandom. We'll be right back. Alright, we're back. So let's say after hearing all about what the furry fandom is about, now you're interested in becoming one of us. Or even if you're not, which is totally fair, let's hypothetically say that you or someone else who may be listening to this is. Interestingly enough, a lot of people, including myself, actually find the fandom sort of on accident. Like many people, I have always had an interest in things related to anthropomorphic animals, ever since I was a kid. And when you start to take a look at things like my favorite movie being The Lion King, my favorite book being Watership Down, and even things like my favorite day in middle school when I was able to wear our school's wolf mascot and perform at a rally, you start to see a common theme amongst everything here. But if you were also like me, you thought your keen interest in anthropomorphic animals was too weird for there to be other people who were also interested in something that specific. In fact, it wasn't until I saw a random YouTube video talking about something regarding space with someone dressed in a cute animal costume that I spiraled down the metaphorical rabbit hole into joining the furry fandom. Luckily, joining the furry fandom is rather simple. There's no application process that you have to fill out and send to the furry fandom headquarters or anything like that. Though that would be pretty interesting if that was what you actually had to do. No, but seriously, all you have to do is decide you want to join, declare yourself a member, and you're in. That's, that's really it. And it's the same way with leaving. Just declare yourself no longer a furry and you're out and no one can tell you otherwise. But let's be real here, that's too simple of an answer and you probably want to do something with your newfound furry fandom membership anyway. So let's talk about some ways that you could get involved with the furry fandom. Now, bear with me here, I know this might be a bit tough to do in an audio-based show, but try to visualize a Venn diagram. You know, one of those diagrams with two circles partly overlapping each other. On one side, you have a category called consumers, and on the other side, you have a category called creators. Consumers are those who enjoy all the content that comes from the fandom. It's technically what you're doing right now and is where most people start off in their time as a furry. Creators, on the other hand, actually make the stuff that pertains to the furry fandom for consumers to enjoy. And in the middle are people who do both, which is where a lot of members of the fandom are and where I personally think is the best place to be. But if you're just starting out in the fandom, spend some time being a consumer of furry-related content. Like I said, you technically already started by listening to the show, but there's so much more to experience when it comes to furry-related content. 
There's a wealth of video content that is furry-related, especially on YouTube. There's a whole genre of furry-related videos that you can watch, ranging from furry-related skits to informational videos about the fandom. Kind of like this show, but more suited for the video format. In fact, if you want to learn more about the history of furries, there's a film on YouTube called The Fandom that does a much better job than me explaining the roots of the furry fandom. I'll link it in the show notes along with any other recommendations I have for people just starting out in the furry fandom. However, there's much more than YouTube. Be sure to check out some other media created by members of the furry fandom. Read some stories featuring anthropomorphic animals. Listen to some furry-inspired music. If you look for it, you're bound to find something that you're interested in that has a furry-related spin on it. Then I start to branch out and take a look at some of the furry-related art. Now, there's a reason why I put this second. Like with any fantasy-related topic, furry art can get a little dicey if you aren't careful. As with anything on the internet, there's a lot of furry-related art that can be considered explicit in nature and flat-out not safe for work. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying it's a thing to look out for. But if you're smart with your searches, you can generally find some really cool art of anthropomorphic animals doing just about anything you can think of. And finally, if you're comfortable enough, I'd start to find some other members of the fandom to talk to. Try joining some online platforms to interact with other furries. More general services like Discord and Reddit are common places to find other people to talk to, and some platforms are specifically designed for furries to meet each other, like Fur Affinity and Furry Life Online. Check out those places and I'm sure you'll meet someone there to have a good conversation with. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with staying on the consumer section of our imaginary Venn diagram. Being a furry is what you make of it. You can decide to keep it very casual and there's nothing wrong with that. That being said, if you do have anything new that you want others to see, then you might be interested in becoming a creator. Make some art, write a story, shoot a video. You can create just about anything you want and have a furry-related spin on it. Heck, you can even start your own furry-based podcast that directly competes with mine. No, but seriously, if you want to, do it. I like podcasts a lot and I would love to hear it. And if you don't know where to start, well, start with yourself. Make some content about how you would exist if you were an anthropomorphic version of your favorite animal. In fact, one of the most popular things that fairies do is create something called a fursona, which is an anthropomorphic original character based on themselves that they'll use to represent themselves in the fandom and make content with. It'll also be the topic of the next episode of this show, so stay tuned for that. But other than that, that pretty much wraps it all up. The world of the furry fandom is wide open for you to explore, and I guarantee you'll find at least one thing that you'll be interested in. And now that you know what being a furry is all about, I encourage you to start enjoying some of the things that the community creates. Then get out there and start interacting with some other like-minded individuals about the fascinating idea of human-like animals existing normally like you and me. And if you're the creative type, make something that you'd like to share and potentially inspire someone else to join as well. Continue to do this, and before you'll know it, you'll be an active member in one of the coolest, most unique, and most fascinating groups of people that you'll ever find. That being the furry fandom. hey, we did it. We made it through the first episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. If you want to continue the conversation about furries or have any feedback for the show, let's talk on Twitter. I'm at FinnThePanther and a direct link to my Twitter will be provided in the show notes as well as all the references I used. I'll also throw in some recommendations of furry-related stuff that I think you should check out down there as well. Oh, and if you like any of it, make sure you tell them the Furry Explained podcast sent you. If you want to support the show and don't want to miss any upcoming episodes, the best way to do that is to subscribe to Furry Explain wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. 
Fun fact, podcasting has an algorithm too, and subscribing, rating, and leaving a review helps push the show out to others who might enjoy it. You can also tell people about the show, and I really appreciate it if you did that as well. We'll be back next week with another episode of Furry Explained, but until then, stay wild out there. Peace. Peace.